It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. We're kicking things off today with a giveaway from our friends at WorkSharp and Camp Chef because... Knife sharpeners and outdoor cooking systems, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. Here's how this one works. Go to the website worksharptools.com slash let's barbecue. I'll repeat that. Worksharptools.com slash let's BBQ. Next, simply fill out the entry form, which is asking for your email and your name and then you're entered. No purchase is required. And here are the prize packages. They've got one that's worth $140. That's a WorkSharp ceramic honing rod plus a Camp Chef six-piece cast iron set. The second prize package, that's worth $200. It's a WorkSharp pull-through sharpener plus a Camp Chef Rainier two-burner combo stove. I've got one of these. Absolutely love it for car camping. Number three, this is the big one, worth $700. A professional electric kitchen knife sharpener and a Camp Chef Deluxe pellet grill. Wow, what a prize to win. The winners will be announced on July 6th for all three prizes. And the website to go to again is worksharptools.com slash Let's barbecue. That's worksharptools.com slash let's BBQ. Good luck. This week got America Outdoors Radio. We've got fishing and hunting coming at you from all over the United States from some hunters and anglers who just happen to have some experience behind the microphone. In just a minute, we'll take you to the Sierra Nevada mountain range in California where Dennis Pierce, a local outdoors writer and radio host with a Saturday morning show on News Talk 830 out of Grass Valley, will give you a fishing report from Gold Lake where he was hunting for brown trout and he'll also share some tips about catching trout by trolling for them with flies. From California, we'll head to Texas, where Cable Smith, the host of the Lone Star Outdoor Show, heard on some 20 stations, will give you some ideas about where you might want to go in the Lone Star State when it comes to freshwater fishing, coastal fishing, deep sea fishing, and even hunting in the month of June. Right after that, we'll get Bo Martonic on the line. He's the host of the East Meets West Hunt podcast. He lives in Pennsylvania and grew up hunting in and around there, but he's fallen in love with big game hunting in the western U.S. This time, Bo is going to let us know how his trip to Montana went in May for black bear and turkey. Our final guest of the day is David Janiszewski. He invented a cool app for your smartphone called Rip a Lip University. And if you subscribe to this app for a low monthly rate, you can get a lot of your questions answered on the water about tweaking your marine electronics. David also has an online store specializing in selling covers and sunscreens for your fish finders. You'll want to hear about too. And the website, if you're interested, is ripalip.com. Finally, we've been telling you the last few weeks to book for next year if you want to go fishing for salmon, halibut, cod, and more at Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska because they've been full up. But I got word that there's been a cancellation 
for the week of July 5th through the 9th, and they have eight openings. We'll give you more details about that at the end of the program. And now, let's head to the Golden Bear State and find out how the fishing has been in Gold Lake. Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we are heading to Grass Valley, California. That's the home of Dennis Pierce. He is the long-running Outdoors Radio Show host on News Talk 830 KNCO. You can hear his show from 5 to 6 a.m. every Saturday morning. He's also the owner of Arctic Fox Trolling Flies and Jay Fair Tackle. Loves to go fly fishing for trout. And you can check out his website at trollingflies.com. Dennis, great to have you back on the show. John, thank you for inviting me. So I was stalking you on Facebook, as I want to do from time to time, and saw you recently had a nice outing for brown trout, and I love catching brown trout. Where were you at? And tell our listeners more about this trip. I was at a place called Gold Lake. It's in the northern Sierra in California, and maybe one of the keys to it versus the date I went, I went on the the Friday before Memorial Day weekend, was the elevation of 6,400 feet. What you're looking for for browns is a combination of water temp. It was 52, 53, but from 45 to highest 50s works. It was an overcast day rather than bright sunshine, and it had as light as a breeze, but it was a heavy wind at times, but it had a broken surface to the lake, and the conditions were perfect. How big were the brown trout? How many did you end up catching and releasing? We caught half a dozen of them was all, but the smallest was 16. We kept a 16 and a 19, and all the ones over 20 we put back. So there were 20, 21, maybe 22 inches, but for Gold Lake, it was terrific. I'd never caught a brown there before. I've only caught rainbows and brooks in there, and I didn't realize they were there. I've been hearing all sorts of news about really low water reservoirs in California, Is that going to affect the fishing in a big way this summer? Late summer, yes. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. I can get into the numbers and stuff for you, but across the board. But there are lakes like Gold Lake that's a natural lake that they can't take it any lower than the natural rim. I think it might have a one or two board dam at the outlet, but that and places like that will still be fishable. Well, at least there's places like that. Now, let's talk a little bit about trolling flies. I know you're a big believer in this. I've never really asked you about the techniques before. I want to get to some of the basics. Uh, First off, when you're trolling a fly, and, you know, the fly you were trolling for these brown trout was literally matching the hatch, do you put dodgers or flashers in front of these flies, or are you fishing them au naturel? I have tried dodgers and flashers, but the knock on them, from my perspective, is they put more weight on the line. The ideal is to fish the fly on natural, which is sort of the J-Fair technique. Or you can use a wiggle fin action disc to animate it if you want to put the rod in a rod holder or fish it on a downrigger. The question, though, I mean, the flashers, the dodgers, a lot of anglers would say, well, that's the attractant that gets them to notice the fly You don't have issues without that? Maybe I do, but the fight on a, you know, a light rod with just a fly, it seems to work for me. Maybe I could up my average potentially with that, but the heavier gear I don't think is worth it. No, I understand that completely. As a a man who has trolled pop gear as a young man and had plenty of drowned trout that I never even realized I had on the end of the line, I completely get that. Let's let's talk about weights. You know, right now, especially like you said, when the water temp's like 52 degrees, those trout are going to be pretty high up in the water column. But as summer progresses, they're going to get 
deeper and deeper. Are you using a downrigger? Are you using keel weights? Are you using leaded line? How are you getting your fly down there? All of the above. Uh, I'm, on my boat, I've got downriggers, I've got keel weights, and I do use lead core pieces of lead core line built into the line. And I've got a, a tutorial, so to speak, on my website, a page that talks to building lead core pieces, you know, into your line system. But the one thing I wanted to hit back on on the brown trout thing, the key to it, particularly this time of the year, is to troll that line on a lake where on one side of the boat you can see the bottom and on the other side of the boat you see that dark green, dark blue, whatever. It's that transition line, and that's where you want to run your boat and be fishing both sides of that line, but that is the target trolling path. Well, as, as a bass angler, that makes perfect sense to me because, you know, I'm guessing with the trout, it's the same. During certain times of day, they're up in the shallows feeding. Other times, they're sliding down to that deeper water, still happy to hit an offering, but not in the shallow water. So that makes perfect sense. Exactly. I mean, even in the warmer months of the year, there's more fish per square foot in that line, I believe, than in other spots of the lake. I always love talking to you, Dennis, because you always teach me something when it comes to fishing. Folks, if you want to find out more about trolling flies for trout, go to Dennis Pierce's website. You'll find it at trollingflies.com. Very easy to remember. Trollingflies, that's I-E-S, trollingflies.com. Check it out. If you get a chance, if you find yourself in Grass Valley on an early Saturday morning, tune in to Dennis's show on 8.30 KNCO from 5 to 6 a.m. Thanks as always, Dennis. John, thank you for having me. Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. A seafood bounty is waiting for you on Northwest Oregon's Tillamook Coast. Catch a limit of big salmon, haul up a pot of delicious crab, and dig up a bunch of clams for some hot chowder. Plan your visit today at TillamookCoast.com. In today's news, I'm cooking a brisket. Let's go to Jill at my house to see how it's going. This is your house and you brought me and the crew to check on your brisket? That's correct, Jill. How's it looking? This is a Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi. You know you you can check your cook right from your phone, right? I didn't know that was an option, Jill. Well, never mind. But before you leave, can you feed the dog? What? No, no. When we get back, why is my check engine light on? The answer may shock me. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting goods stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. 
Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter. Full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got another radio show host for you that we're talking to today. It's Cable Smith. He is the man behind the Lone Star Outdoors show that airs on stations all over Texas. Cable, it's great to catch up with you again. Yeah, John. Thanks for having me, man. Always a treat to be on your show. Well, let's start off by telling our listeners a little bit about your well-established radio show in the Lone Star State. Yes, sir. I've been the host of the Lone Star Outdoor Show for like 14 years or so now. And uh, what started as just uh, a radio show on one station in North Texas now has 20 plus radio affiliates and the increased popularity of podcasts. I think as many, certainly the younger demographic of listeners are, are checking it out via the, the uh, podcast medium. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun and I never uh, a day goes by that I, I don't feel fortunate to be able to get to call uh, hunting and fishing and subsequently talking about it a, a job. I have a regional show where it is very regional focused up in the Northwest. Is Lone Star Outdoors, is it pretty much a Texas show or do you cover some of the surrounding states too, like Oklahoma, Louisiana? It probably started out as a regional show, but as I've expanded my horizons and have done a lot more travel, both uh, domestically and internationally, I would say it doesn't really have a theme as far as a state or regional level. It's just whatever I find interesting. You know, social media has made it so easy to to have those conversations with people, to find those people. And yeah, I would say it's a pretty diverse, very wide spectrum of things that we, we cover now, you podcast your show, too, and I know folks can just look mm-hmm. for the Lone Star Outdoors show to, to find it on all sorts of platforms. What's your website, though, so folks can actually check out the stations you're airing on and get airtimes? Yeah, it's just uh, LoneStarOutdoorsShow.com. All right, that's easy yeah. enough to remember. Now that we've talked about your show, let's talk about doing things outside, specifically fishing and hunting. We'll start off with hunting, though. I can't think a whole lot of hunting that's actually going on this month in Texas outside of maybe hog hunting. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, we just wrapped up turkey season, couple, uh, I guess, mid-May, but right now it's it's thermal hog hunting. You can't even really fly the helicopters now because things are starting to green up. I mean, that's a big thing here. It's very expensive. I've actually never been able to do it, but I, I do have buddies that have a, a guide service and they, they grounded their helicopter for the rest of the year or un, until the, the fall. So once the leaves start falling off the trees, they get back up in the air. But I actually just went thermal hog hunting last week and we shot four nice boars out in winter wheat fields, which, you know, the, the farmers really appreciate that. And it's fun for us. And wild pork is absolutely delicious anyway. I was going to ask about the the table fare of these boards that you're harvesting down there is it like most other animals if you get a younger one it's going to taste better than a you know old boar i think the best one is a sow that's not lactating it's going to be the best tasting and the boars yeah it's kind of like anything else if you can get past the stink of cleaning them then 
you know, the meat's actually not, it's not bad. I think that's way blown out of proportion. Uh, but they do, they do smell. I'm not going to lie. They, they're, they're rank sons of guns. They are pigs. So I guess that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Let's switch to fishing. Texas has got a lot of water when it comes to freshwater fishing. Where would you steer folks to this month? Uh, we're kind of just wrapping up the crappie spawn, but you might be able to find, you know, the tail end of a little bit of that action. But uh, I would recommend trying Lake Texoma for stripers. It's uh, one of five landlocked lakes in the country where uh, striped bass, which is a saltwater species, but where they will actually reproduce naturally. And I think it, there's two rivers that flow into Texoma, and something to do with the salinity from those rivers has created a, a very healthy environment for those striped bass to, to reproduce. And uh, the, the lakes on the border of Texas and Oklahoma and both the state wildlife agencies also stock it. So uh, that's one of the most robust fisheries that we have as far as freshwater fish goes. And I think you can keep 10 fish a day and th- those things can get pretty big as well. So great time also to, to, you know, if you wanted to book a trip with a guide to go out and, and get the kids on, you know, just getting the rods been over for the kiddos. I think I'm probably going to take my son here in a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's really an awesome fishery. Well, and of course, Texas is known for big bass and lots of them. You got some of the best bass lakes in the entire world down there, don't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. And I mean, I don't spend a lot of time striper fishing. It's kind of just like what's going on right now in June, because um, I don't know where you are up north, like when your largemouth spawn, but ours, it's pretty, it's over. It, it's been over for probably almost a month. So we kind of missed that window of if you want to sight fish for largemouth on the beds, you know, uh, that's kind of coming gone. But we're always bass fishing. Now is just a, kind of a transition time. It's harder to fish for them right now, so I kind of have, would shift my focus. What, what I'm doing in June is going to the coast and going after trout and redfish. I want to talk a little bit about that because that sounds like, number one, it's cooler there on the coast. And number two, you know, uh, going after speckled trout and redfish sounds like a good time to me. Do you have your own boat or are you going out with friends or a guide? No, we're just going with a guide. Our family goes to Galveston every summer for a week, and I take the uh, the kiddos out with a buddy. I've been fishing with this guy for gosh, probably ten years now, so we have a good rapport. And I, I have done a lot of uh, one of my one of my college buddies has a boat, and so he's more in the uh, Corpus Christi, Port Aransas area. And my favorite thing to do, which it's harder to do with kids, uh, my favorite thing to do is get out and wade fish for for trout and specks and the occasional flounder. So it's we will do that this summer as well, but with the kiddos, it'll just be with the guide on his boat. And, uh, and yeah, we use live bait. We're not too proud to say that. When we're fishing for largemouth, which is like Texas religion, it's all soft plastics or, you know, crankbaits, spinnerbaits. There's a million different baits, but it's all artificial. On the coast, when I get to only get to go a couple times a, a summer... I'm going to drown some bait. I don't care. <laughs> Heck yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. It's all about, yeah. you know, the, the tug is the drug. And That's I'm right. with you on that. I just like catching fish. So last but not least, you know, you do have the Gulf of Mexico off the coast there too. And I'm guessing June offers some big game opportunities. What are folks going after, tuna or marlin or something else? Well, yes, we, we do have tuna, marlin, great sport fish as well. But the thing that Texans really like is our red snapper. And... We have a lot of snapper. Why they manage it is one fishery in the Gulf of Mexico. It's like, here's your quota, and it's done by pounds. And the commercial fishermen and the recreational fishermen each get their allotment. 
And it's malarkey because these fish don't migrate from Florida to Texas or from Georgia to Alabama. They might migrate from one reef to the next. Or for us, it's a lot of oil rigs. That's for these right. where we target these fish. They're not migrating. They're they might like I said they might go a mile or two. They're sticking around where they've always been. And so that needs a lot of attention from a uh, from a fisheries management standpoint. And sometimes I mean because sometimes we'll have like a two day snapper season. Well, what if the wind's blowing? Okay, then the recreational anglers really get shafted on that deal. It's been better the last few years, and, and Texas Parks and Wildlife has been kind of leading the charge as far as, hey, we need to address this. This is not a, uh, one population. It's more of a state-by-state issue. And, you know, we've been blessed with, I think we've had like a two-week season, uh 21-day season the last couple summers. But, yeah, it, it can get pretty contentious when they tell us snapper season's closed and we never got to go. I absolutely get that. But I'll tell you what, between red snapper fishing or going after flounder and speckled trout and redfish or going after largemouth bass or going after stripers up there on the border of Texas and Oklahoma, there's a lot going on on the fishing front in Texas this month. So thank you for sharing this with us. And folks, again, check out the Lone Star Outdoor Show hosted by Cable Smith. Great show. If you like this show, I have no doubt you'll enjoy Cable's show too. Cable, thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now. They're truly Alaska's best lodge. Wildlife is abundant from bears and deer to eagles and whales. And let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and we've got Bo Martonic on the line. He's the man behind the East Meets West Hunt podcast. He lives in Pennsylvania, but he loves to come out west to hunt. He talks about it on his very popular podcast. You can find out more about that at eastmeetswesthunt.com. Bo, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. I'm, I'm excited to get to talk to you again. Well, this time I want to talk about your most recent exploit. You and your brother went to Montana to go on a combined bear and turkey hunt. Tell our listeners a little bit more about this expedition. Yeah, so it actually just started as mostly going on a bear hunt. And my brother lives in Montana, so I went out there to visit him and and go for a hunt for about 10 days. And once we got out there, we were having some trouble finding bears, but turkeys, not so much. There were some turkeys that were back in the mountains a ways and got a hot tip from some other some other guys we ran into from Pennsylvania that were actually podcast listeners of mine and they told us where they found some turkeys and we decided uh, to get turkey tag and 
head back in and it, it was pretty neat, you know, hunting Easterns for my whole life in Pennsylvania to hunt Miriams and the landscape that they live in in Montana was beautiful. And we ended up finding a couple birds late one morning and then I called it in for my brother and he was able to shoot one of them. So that was a really cool experience. First time I'd ever even seen a Miriams in person and to get to hunt with my brother again was really cool. Let me ask you a question. I've interviewed tons of turkey hunters on this show over the years, but I've never asked. Are there any differences in the behavior between the eastern turkey and the Merriam's turkey or, you know, even the Rio Grande turkey? Yeah, from what I've been told is the the Merriam's are more difficult to get them to gobble, but once they do gobble, they're easier to call in. Again, this I have very limited personal experience with it, but when, when we did have this bird answer, he answered from a ways away. And he was almost on a full sprint coming in, which doesn't typically happen much with the Easterns. So that's my only experience that I have with them. All right. Well, let's switch from turkeys to the main event, so to speak. You were after Black Bear. Tell us how that hunt went. I heard it was not easy. Well, it, was, it was definitely difficult. Uh, it's hard with the spring bear hunts. This was the first time I had done it, but with under knowing when the snow is going to be melting in the mountains and it changes year to year, and what you want is like for that gra- green grasses to come up and that's where the bears will be hitting after they come out of hibernation. So as we got into the mountain range that we were hunting, the, the snowpack was just melting and things weren't greened up yet. But we were having some nice weather, so we knew if we stuck it out for a few days, it could green up at any time. And it took until day five of the hunt for some small pockets to start to green up. So we got up high on a glassing knob, and, and I was able to end up finding this a big boar a little over two miles away, and he was all alone. He was the only bear that we saw, and so we waited until the next day because that was right before dark, and went in, found him in that same opening. Uh, it was actually the middle of the afternoon because a storm was rolling in, and we were able to put a stock on him. This time, my brother went back to work, and one of my best friends from college that I hadn't hunted with in a while. He's in the military. He was there with me, and we were able to slip in close and got within 275 yards of the bear and was able to shoot him with my rifle and then just cut him up right there, pack out all the meat. Such a cool experience. I'd never shot a bear before and uh, ended up having an ear tag in his ear that was told it that it was an eight-year-old bear that was a, a problem bear trapped somewhere in 2016 and relocated to that mountain range. So it was a really cool story behind it. Oh, well, he is a problem bear no more, that's for sure. I'm no. actually surprised <laughs> that you've never hunted bear before. I just assumed that you had done so back east because I know that bear populations are pretty prolific. So I, I have hunted bear before, but never out west. Gotcha. Um, so I've hunted bear in Pennsylvania but our season has always been so short. They just recently expanded it to the archery seasons. But before it was a three-day rifle season, and it was always like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I never took off work to hunt it. And I've went a couple of times, but I've never put a whole lot of time into it, I guess. What part of Montana were you hunting? What mountain range? So we were in western Montana, like over towards the Idaho border. Okay, yeah. Especially this year. The snow has been very slow to melt, so I, I'm not surprised you had issues finding uh, green grass. I presume when you did find it, it was a south-facing slope. Uh, is that about right? Yes, that's correct. We were just glassing those south-facing slopes because they were the only places that were melting off in those spots. And what kind of rifle were you using and what kind of ammunition? I had a, a 300 Win Mag. It was a Bergera Premier Highlander. 
and I was using Berger 185 grain classic hunter bullets. And we got to ask about the scope as well. Yeah, so I had a Maven RS2, which is just a, a 2 to 10 by 38, a smaller scope that I like to use for a lot for deer hunting, but nice and simple, uh, clear reticle. I love that. Love that scope. And Maven, their company's located uh, just south of Montana in Wyoming. They've really come on strong the last few years. Yeah, they've developed their rifle scope line, I think, probably three years ago now, maybe four years ago. I've been in the, the binocular and spotting scope game for a while. We got into range finders. Yeah, they're a great group of people, too. I've got to know them pretty well from purchasing my first pair about seven years ago or eight years ago now to, to getting to know some of those guys. They're just a great group of people. Well, I'm glad you had a fantastic hunt. You're back home in Pennsylvania now, and I understand uh, you're going to be at an event. In fact, you're, you're there this weekend, the Archery Challenge. Where is this at? Yeah, so the Total Archery Challenge is in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania. It's at a ski resort. It's a really fun event. I've been been going to it now for about five years, and I'll have a booth there, be selling some of my apparel and doing some podcasting and just hanging out. Love anybody's in the in the area wants to stop by. I'd love to love to get the chat. All right, the Total Archery Challenge again in Seven Springs, Pennsylvania. That's happening through Sunday. So if you're anywhere in the area, check it out and go meet Bo and have some fun over there. Last but not least, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. This is now a full time career for you, isn't it? It is. Yes. It's uh, as of I guess as of the end of April, I left my full time job in the manufacturing facility and, and doing East meets West full time. That is a, uh, a huge leap of faith. But having heard your podcast and knowing you, I have no doubt you're going to make it. You might be eating rice and beans for a while, but I think you're going to make it. <laughs> in, the, in the meantime, yeah. you're going to be doing not just the podcasting, but some writing and other things as well in the industry? Yeah, so I, I do some freelance writing for some different places. Free Range American, I'm writing some more stuff for Sicka Gear, Bowhunting.com, a bunch of different places there, Go Wild, all these different platforms, as well as doing some some video work and going to be working on an online course for hunting mountain whitetails in the Appalachian Mountains and have done some live events as well. So kind of have some different avenues there. Fun stuff. I like the live events, getting to meet up with people, and it's been a good time. Well, it sounds like you've definitely got a lot going on already, and I wish you much success as you continue. Also, want to get you back on the show and talk about your next expedition. Where's that going to be? That'll be uh, Montana again for deer and elk with a focus on elk in September. So I'm excited about that. I got the general tag in my pocket, and I'm going to go out for probably 14 days in September to chase some elk around in the mountains. Well, let me be the first to wish you luck, and I can't wait to hear about it when you get back home. Again, folks, it's the East Meets West podcast. Check it out at eastmeetswesthunt.com, and you can listen to this podcast on just about all the platforms that carry podcasts, too. Bo, thanks for sharing your hunting story with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thanks, John. The spring bear season may be over, but the fall bear season really isn't that far away. And if you're looking for a rifle for bears this fall, consider a lever-action rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. They've got a couple of great choices for bear hunting. One of them is the rifle I own, the Henry Long Ranger. It comes chambered in several calibers to include 308 Winchester, which is a great round for black bear hunting. And if you want something maybe a little beefier, maybe for those brown bears up in Alaska, consider 
the all-weather lever-action side gate. This rifle is perfect for those cold, wet conditions you'll find in Alaska or in the woods in the fall. And the 4570 caliber, well, that's going to knock down any bear it comes in contact with. There are several other rifles that come in bear-dropping calibers, too. You can find them all at henryusa.com. Check out the lineup of rifles. They're all made in America. They all shoot straight right out of the box. They're all rugged and reliable and come with a lifetime satisfaction guarantee. The website again, henryusa.com. Find an authorized dealer near you and get yourself a rifle for bear season today. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstances, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the darkest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true. To provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities, Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. That's huntofalifetime.org. Country hunters and anglers. You may have heard of us, but what are we about? BHA is the voice for your wild public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to boots on the ground projects like public land cleanups, we work across North America to uphold the legacy of our public lands and waters, as well as your opportunity to hunt, fish, and recreate on them. Stand up for public lands and waters and become a BHA member today. Visit backcountryhunters.org. Why book at Sportsman's Cove Lodge? Why is Alaska like no other place on earth? It hasn't changed in thousands of years. From the way you get here on a float plane to the way you go out with the guides and the boats, it's just a professional experience. And I said, this is as good as it gets. I said, if you can't catch fish here, you can't catch fish anywhere. Your experience with us will leave you speechless. Book now at alaskasbestlodge.com. Remember the last time you went to MyPillow.com and you saved big? Well, now you can save even bigger. At MyPillow.com, Mike Lindell is in the middle of a BOGO extravaganza. That's buy one, get one free. Buy one, get one free. Now think about that for a minute. Premium MyPillows, buy one, get one free. Giza Elegance MyPillows, buy one, get one free. Sheets, buy one, get one free. Waffle Blankets. Who doesn't like waffles? Buy one, get one free. Beach towels. Perfect timing to buy one, get one free. Couch pillows. Not to be confused with couch potatoes. Couch pillows. Buy one, get one free. Woven throw blankets. Who doesn't like to throw a blanket? Buy one, get one free. Right now at MyPillow.com. And please use promo code KEN, K-E-N. Buy one, get one free. Check it out at MyPillow.com. Promo code KEN.
Next up on America Outdoors Radio, we got David Janiszewski on the line. He hails from Minnesota, and he's the man behind Rip Alip University, a marine electronics learning system, as well as Rip Alip, a marine electronics protection system made in the USA. And he's got an e-store where you can buy products there. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on with you today. So before you tell our listeners about your app that you can just download at the Google Play Store and about your e-store, tell our listeners what drove you to found these companies. Yeah, thank you. Well, I've been in anger all my life since I was a kid growing up with my dad who taught me how to fish and used electronics all along the way back to the paper graphs. And really what drove me to it was driving down the road one day, the cover on my marine electronics blew off. And I watched it get rowed over by the truck behind me, and I figured there must be a better way to have a cover stay on your graph, so I created a better way. All right. Well, that explains the store part. That doesn't explain the app part that you have for folks. Yep. Over the years of selling the cases and covers, I noticed online that people were asking the same questions over and over about how to use their marine electronics. And it came to me one day that it really was education in marine electronics. I have a background in training. So I came up with an app that teaches you how to get the most out of your marine electronics. Let's talk through exactly how this works. Now, I downloaded it yesterday, and it's free to download, folks. doesn't cost a thing, but there's three levels. There's the basic level where there's not a whole lot there for you. Then there's the angler level where there's a lot more there for you. And then there's the pro level where there's all sorts of things for you. Walk us through the three levels that you get on the Ripplelip app. Sure. So when you download the app, like you said, it is free. And the reason it's free is so you can make sure that the gear that you have in your boat is in the app. Although we cover more than 150 pieces of marine electronics from Lowrance, Garmin, Humminbird, and more, we don't have absolutely everything in there. Once you find the gear that is in your boat, you have two choices. The angler version gives you access to that piece of gear, but all the guides for $5 a year. So quick start guides, advanced reference guides, installation and networking, how-tos, etc. The pro version is $10 a year, and it gives you unlimited access to all of the gear in the app. So as an example, if you're a Humminbird guy and you've got a, a Solix and a Helix and a Minn Kota trolling motor, that would be three different pieces of gear. You could have access to all the guides and those for 10 bucks a year. If all you cared about was the Solex, $5 a year. Gotcha. You know, one thing I like about this as I was kind of scrolling through the pro level that you set me up with is the fact that you almost feel like you've got a a customer service rep on the boat with you because there's a whole series of frequently asked questions about each one of the fish finders there. And I'll tell you what, a lot of those questions were ones that I do frequently ask. Yeah, absolutely. And each of the guides, like as an example, the advanced reference guide, It's only going to give you the information that pertains to your particular graph. So if your graph doesn't have side imaging, you're not going to get any side imaging information, as an example. But all of the guides have a search feature, which is super helpful when you're on the water. So let's say you're on the water and you can't remember where the sun and moon phase is found, but you want to know what time sunset is. You just type in sun, it takes you to that section and tells you button by button what to push to find that. Oh, I actually like that a lot. You know, what's the feedback you're getting from folks about your app in terms of what they like most about it? I would say the convenience of having the guides available on the water, because you can watch all the YouTube videos that you want. You can go to seminars. You can take notes. 
But usually it's when you're in your boat, when you're in a particular fishing situation where you want to know how to adjust a setting, put your unit in jigging mode, how to find a charting section, how to turn on shading. And you're not going to flip through a manual, but if you have the app in your hand and you can just search for it and it tells you button by button how to do it, the convenience of access while you're fishing is the biggest uh, feedback we get. Sounds like a wonderful app to me. I can't wait to put it through its paces on the water. I'll be going out this week. Let's talk about your e-store, too. Full of products to protect your marine electronics. You've got covers, but you've got more than that, don't you? Yeah, well, first of all, we make a screen cover, and uh, you wouldn't be surprised to hear that I added heavy-duty straps for it so it keeps it secured while you're trailering. The nice part about our cover is it goes over the whole unit, covers the front and the back, the electrical connection. So if you've ever been trailering and you've gone through a bug hatch and the whole back of your electronics is covered with mayflies, that eliminates that. We also made a storage case. So fully padded, adjustable dividers. You can fit multiple units in it, multiple sizes. We can carry everything, cases for two nines up to two sixteens. And then our newest product that actually is going to be available starting today, it's been on pre-order until today, is a sunshade. So a fully adjustable sunshade to cut the glare on your electronics, especially helpful on the live technologies. And those are available in five sizes. And the nice thing about our sunshade is it collapses down and is very easy to put on and off. Well, sounds like a great reason to go to ripalip.com. That's the website for the store, ripalip.com. And download the app, the Ripalip University app, and you can also find out more about that at ripalipuniversity.com. David, thanks for inventing this great app, and thanks for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Next on America Outdoors Radio, I mentioned earlier in the show that Sportsman's Cove Lodge, well, it's been sold out for weeks. It's just that popular of a place, but they have had a cancellation. And if you are looking to go into what is truly Alaska's best lodge, located on Prince of Wales Island, I have got an opportunity for you. Stephen Crook is their operations manager. He says that although they were fully booked, they just had a cancellation for a full boat of six people plus two additional spots on another boat for their July 5th four-day trip. Here's the details. If you book this trip, you'll fly to Ketchikan. You can do so on either Alaska Airlines or Delta. You'll arrive there on Tuesday, July 5th. You'll probably have time for lunch, and then you'll take a float plane beautiful ride to the secluded cove where you find Sportsman's Cove Lodge. When you get there, you'll be given some delicious appetizers and get settled in. You'll have a wonderful dinner, and then you'll get an orientation about your boat and about how you're going to be fishing, and you'll get all the gear that you need to wear while you're fishing, too. You're going to fish the next four days, the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, and the 9th. The schedule's the same. You eat breakfast and 6. You're with the same group the entire time, which is wonderful. You're going to make some lifelong friends here. And you're going to have the same captain, the deckhand, every day, too. So you head on out. You fish for halibut. You fish for cod. You fish for bottom fish. You fish for salmon. And you come back in around 3, 3.30. There's appetizers waiting for you. You clean up. You have dinner. You tell fish stories. And you do it all again the next day. The staff-to-customer ratio is literally better than one-to-one. It doesn't get better than that. You'll never see better customer service than what you'll see here. The food, it's wonderful. The scenery is amazing. Lots of wildlife from bears to orca whales and humpbacks and more. And the cost for all this, $4,695 per angler 
plus airfare to Ketchikan, one night's lodging in Ketchikan the night of July 9th, and gratuities. Sounds like a lot, but it is a lot in terms of a lot of fun, a lot of adventure, and a trip you will never forget. So, go to alaskasbestlodge.com. That's the website for Sportsman's Cove Lodge, alaskasbestlodge.com. Give them a call and say you want to go fishing July 5th through the 9th at Sportsman's Cove Lodge, but you better hurry. Like I said, space is super limited. Our final segment of the show is one of my favorites. It's record fish time. The Idaho Department of Fish and Game and Outdoor Life report Travis Went of Lewiston, Idaho, caught and released a new record smallmouth bass on May 10th. Travis, who was actually a local fishing guide, was fishing Dvorak Reservoir in north-central Idaho for fun. He was using a Ned rig when he hooked into this huge smallie. When he got it into the boat, he weighed it, and it came up at 7 pounds, 11 ounces, a huge smallmouth indeed, but not bigger than the record fish caught and released out of the same lake in 2006 that weighed 9.72 pounds. That fish, caught by Dan Steigers, remains the record that was caught and kept, but... Idaho also has a catch and release category too, where it isn't the weight that matters, but the length of the fish. And measuring 23 and a half inches long, this beat the last catch and release smallmouth record also caught out of this same lake. Why are there so many huge smallmouth bass in Dvorak Reservoir? Because of the abundant forage base of kokanee salmon. The smallmouth feed on the young ones and, as you can see, get very big indeed. There's a lot of folks thinking this record will be broken again, but until it is, savor the moment, Travis. This is a monster bass. Congratulations on your new record. On that note, we've got to wrap things up. I am actually heading out to pre-fish a bass tournament myself, hoping for a big bass that might get my fishing partner, Rusty Johnson, and I into some money. It's the Limit Out Marine Big Bass Tournament at Eastern Washington's Potholes Reservoir, June 18th and the 19th. Wish us luck. And speaking of luck, I wish you that, along with God's blessings and good health and the opportunity to get outside for some fun yourself. After all, it is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. (laughs) 